Hello and welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark and with me as always, a guy who's trying to offload all his Wander Franco cards right now, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, Mr. Clark, I'm uh, I'm doing really well. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing better than Wander Franco. Yeah, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. That's yeah, probably true. Yep. I, I, it's not it's not a tough stretch to be better than at or better than him at this point at this juncture. Um, I'm sure our viewers, our listeners, have uh, seen the news, heard the news, get a get a dive in on you know, what it could possibly mean for baseball as one of its young stars is probably never going to play the game again. So, but that's not Mariners related. Why are we on it? I don't know. I just wanted to make a joke. So, <laughs> oh, I could, I could see you holding back so much right now, but <laughs> before we get into everything, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown podcast. That's, is of course, if you're a returning listener, you know, welcome back. Um, you know, I've, I've seen our numbers go up and I'm really liking what we're seeing. We're getting a lot of listens on our podcast. Um, we're getting a lot of, you know, viewers, a, a big audience size. So if you've been a part of that, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, we could see people that download, obviously don't get to see your name, but we get to see the amount of people that download our episodes, um, you know, as well as see the people that um, listen to it every week, every, uh, every, um, you know, two episodes a week. And we get to see where, uh, just about where you guys are from. So, you know, if you're around the U S particularly Washington, Idaho, thank you. Um, you know, if you're in Germany, whoever's listening in Germany, thank you. Um, Australia, I've been seeing some great Britain been seeing a lot of it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us. Um, and then of course, if you're a first time listener, Hey, thanks for choosing forks down podcast. And hopefully uh, we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. You know, Bo and I have fun with it. And, uh, you know, hopefully you do too. So um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Just search Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like or subscribe on your podcast listening app to get notified about new episodes dropping. Um, You can rate us. If you really like us, give us a five stars on whatever you listen on. If you don't like us. You know, give us a one stars and tell us what you th- what you think uh, we should do different. You know, Bo and I will take it into consideration. So, with all that being said, Bo, um, we're burning the midnight oil tonight. So, uh, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. You know, Bo's got his glasses on. He's kind of squinting, looking at his monitors. Um, I'm talking really fast because I'm I'm actually pretty tired. So, um, I'll probably start stumbling over words at some point, but. Hey, we do this because we want to talk about our Mariners. So, Bo, let's jump into Mariners notes. And uh, first one we got here kind of surprised me. I I didn't know he was hurt. And then what I heard heard that he went on the IL for, um, it, you know, it kind of sounded like a like a Brian Wu situation, honestly. But I didn't have the full details to it. Tom Murphy's going to the IL. Um, you know, today we're shooting on Thursday. We saw Brian O'Keefe come up from Tacoma uh, in his place. He was recalled, and he ended up starting today. Um, I heard, Bo, that he went on the I.L. for a sore thumb. Are we in the ballpark there? 
Uh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Just uh, a thumb strain, I think. Um, so it was retroactive to August fourteenth. So you can think in you know a week or two, um, Tom would be back. But uh, yeah, the left thumb. I feel like that's pretty common, right? Especially for catchers. Um, I think that's something that yep. Cal Raleigh struggled. Or he had surgery with. I can't exactly remember, but I know that Cal Raleigh was working with something towards the end of last year as well with a thumb. So I think it's relatively common for catchers. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, he rests up and we'll get him back because Tom's been uh, Tom's been on a heater lately. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, Ryan O'Keefe, uh, we saw him last year come up during kind of around the September call-ups. Um, he only played the last bit of the season. Um, I think he was on the field when Cal, not on the field, but I think he was celebrating when Cal Raleigh hit um, the shot to send the Mariners to the playoffs. So, um, you know, good to see him get a little bit of a second chance here. Um, honestly, it probably won't be a long stint, but, uh, you know, if, if Tom Murphy's kind of battling some injuries or, you know, Cal Raleigh, you know, has been catching a lot recently, uh, I could see probably Brian O'Keefe getting the call in September, you know, just to have a little bit more catching depth on the, uh, on the roster. So. Yeah, I think so. And, uh, kind of eye popping to me. Um, I obviously went back to his fan graphs page, but, uh, Brian O'Keefe is at 22 home runs this year in triple a thus far. So, yeah. um, yeah, having a pretty good pop of a season anyways. So, yep. Killing it down there. You know, if he comes up and, even does half as good as he's done down there. I mean, it, uh, it'll fit in. Our catchers have been a very, very big strong point to this team. You know, Cal Raleigh, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. Hit some, uh, some shots this, uh, weekend. Tom Murphy was been on a heater. So, you know, let's see what Brian O'Keefe has. You know, I'm not too worried with, uh, with, uh, him getting recalled and Tom Murphy on the IO. So, uh, a couple other moves we got. We got Ryder Ryan um, made his major league debut a few days ago. He just got optioned. Um, Edward Bastardo called from Tacoma. He was acquired at the deadline from Baltimore. And uh, I don't know, it just seems like we're trying to keep some uh, arms fresh in that bullpen, especially after a very, um, you know, at least through the first two games, a very taxing um, series against the uh, Kansas City Royals. Yeah, it definitely seems uh, seems like what they're going for there. Um, <clears throat> we maybe thought Bizarro was going to get probably some chance when we traded for him at the deadline. Kind of seems like we, you know, plus minus, right? Move somebody out, Paul Seawall, try to go get another arm, maybe to kind of fill some for some of that eventually. And Bizarro is obviously not Paul Seawall, but at least another bullpen arm of some sort. So, um, yeah, would be surprised if we see him probably in the Houston series, maybe somewhere in there. Yep, yep. Hey, if he might not be Paul Sewald, but if we can turn him into the next Gabe Spire, Taylor Saucedo, you know, like I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. We we've had a pretty good track record with uh, with uh, relievers at this point. So uh, let's see what he's got. Another another person. I want to see what he's got. So um, and then some injury notes here. Um, Jared Kelnick. It's been announced he's out of the walking boot. He's started to resume some baseball activities. Um, that's looking pretty positive as, uh, you know, it could be meaning that he's back in early September. Yeah, pretty big news. Um, yeah, you think about um, getting Jared back 
around that time, right? Hopefully everything's, you know, hopefully the rehab and everything he's going through right now and it's all going well, but um, yeah, I think the, the potential of having Jared in the lineup, right. Especially as this team has been on fire over the last month or so is just really enticing, right. Really exciting. So, um, you know, you kind of wonder where guys might shift a little bit and I think maybe we should, I, I, you know, I don't quite have a good idea of what's going to maybe happen with, Cade Marlowe and Dominic Canzone and Sam Haggerty and where they kind of move guys in and out and Mike Ford still on the roster. Right. So like, I'll be, uh, I'll be curious to see like once Kelnick does come back, who kind of gets dropped more or less. Um, but, uh, yeah, regardless, very exciting news for Kelnick, um, that, you know, the boots off and he'll be back, you know, very soon. It seems like, yep. Well, I mean, early September, September call-ups, I mean, it, it wouldn't be, out of the realm of possibilities that, you know, we don't get much movement, whoever they bring up for September call-ups. Um, of course, my first vote would probably be Mike Ford. Yeah. I mean, um, I think Sam Haggerty might lose his spot when JP comes back. You know, JP's on track to come back on Sunday. So um, I'll be interested to see what Haggerty, what happens to Haggerty or heck, they might even surprise us and Mike Ford could be the casualty. But you never know. You never know. So, you know, just like I said, JP's on track to be back on Sunday, coming off that seven-day concussion IL. And then Brian Wu on track to return next week. Um, A lot of rumblings, Bo, hearing that once he comes back, the Mariners are possibly going to a six-man rotation. I think, honestly, that's going to be good for the Mariners, you know. Um, I want to see more of what – Emerson Hancock has, obviously you want to, you want to kind of limit woo. Um, at this point, you got to start looking at Bryce Miller, getting a lot of innings, um, you know, and honestly they can go back down to a five man rotation if they need to, because Luis Castillo, George Kirby and and Logan Gilbert, you know, it'll be kind of a, well, probably an as needed type thing. They need to shift people around. Yeah. That's kind of my thoughts. Like, um, yeah, I, I want those three guys obviously to get uh, as many starts as they can go, right? So like that was kind of like ah, uh, the six man rotation definitely makes sense for you know the guys you called out for for Miller, for Wu, and for uh, Emerson Hancock. But um, you know, I think it would be kind of a little tougher to convince me to say like, oh yeah, we need to push back Gilbert and Castillo and Kirby as well at that same time, even though they kind of seem like they would be, you know the guys that we want to throw out there the most, but um, I, you know, still very open to it, especially for the guys that I think need innings rest. And there is a case to also be made that, um, you know, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert are also, you know, still very young, right. And they're pushing a lot of inning limits or innings that career innings for themselves. Right. So maybe there's a, maybe it's good for the whole entire rotation in some sort. Um, but I would say, you know, that does come at the cost of maybe not pitching Luis a day earlier or something like that. That does kind of, you know, maybe offset it a little bit, but uh, you know, we'll all see how this goes and hopefully, you know, Hancock still um, Hancock can still kind of put together some productive outings and he's able to stay up um, coupled with Brian Wu, you know, going back to the version that we saw um, of him, you know, um, in July and August or early August. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's funny that you bring up Kirby still being young. Um, at the start of Thursday's game, they were talking about Kirby because he got the start and he has the seventh most innings in the American league. I think he's sitting 
well, at the start, it was like 145, so he's probably at about 152 right now. Um, 151, 152, around there. So, I mean, he's uh, he's getting a lot of action. And honestly, you know, he could be someone... I I wouldn't say that I want to even look at limiting his innings. He's a, he's a Cy Young contender, I think. You know, I think he could at least get some votes. There's not a clear-cut favorite in the AL, so, you know... As much as, like you said, it makes sense to make a six-man rotation, I think you kind of shuffle some things so you're not taking um, Gilbert, Kirby, and, and Castillo out of their rhythm because Kirby, you know, he had a, a kind of a rough outing on Thursday, but he's been looking good, you know, every bit of a Cy Young candidate. And, and Gilbert and Kirby, or Gilbert and uh, Castillo are doing their thing too. You know, this is one of the best rotations in baseball and you want to see our number one and number two and number three go out as much as they can. So, um, yeah, just be interesting to see what happens when, uh, Brian Wu comes back next week. So, um, you did see that bow, right? In the news though. Well, not news. It was, I know you don't like him too much, but Jeff Passan went on Seattle sports radio talking about how Kirby, uh, you know, is probably going to get some Cy Young votes, but he really, he really talked him up. He called him the most aesthetically pleasing pitcher in the league. You know, he's the type of pitcher that can put the ball anywhere. Well, first off, you offend me by saying that I'm not a Jeff Passan fan. So let's get let's clear the air on that. How where where did that ever come up at? So I don't know. I bring up a lot of different sports writers, and you don't like them. So <laughs> I was just assuming, I guess. You know what? Assuming you just think I'm a negative person. That's it, isn't it? You just think like I don't know what it is, but you just think that I don't like anything. That I'm just not a fan. Fire it all, burn it all, all the time. I don't know what that's all about, but glass half empty kind of kind of person. I think. So. Well, maybe you're maybe you're half right on that. Um. Uh. <laughs> uh so, anyways. Um. No, I think I think George Kirby's definitely in the running, right? I think he's definitely up there. Um, you know, there's a couple guys I would, you know, Kevin Gaussman's having a really good season. Garrett Cole's having a really good season, but, uh, you know, I think George Kirby's probably going to get some Cy Young votes of some sort. And I think that that's a, an achievement in and of itself being his second year in, in baseball and, um, professional baseball, major league baseball that is. And, um, you know, I think it bodes well, really well for the future. So, um, and who knows, maybe he strings together a couple I think bigger starts here or, you know, longer starts, maybe goes into them a little bit longer and, um, you know, strikes out maybe more people or something like that. And kind of, I don't know, gets his name back up into that leaderboard there. But, uh, yeah, I think certainly, um, you know, maybe top five ish range is, is realistic. Mm-hmm. I would think at this point. So, uh, we'll kind of see where it all lands at the end of the year. Yep. Yep. And even the start on Thursday and we're going to get into it. It wasn't necessarily bad until later in the game. And, it was a bunch of, uh, oh, I wouldn't say cheap hits, but a single here, a single there, you know, type thing. So, but we're going to get into that. And actually, but let's get into the uh, Mariners Royals series, you know, kind of a good segue. It's George Kirby, who started Thursday's game, but we're going to talk Monday's game first, obviously. Um, Logan Gilbert versus Brady Singer. Um, we were shooting. uh as this game was going on. And so if you listen to last, the last episode we put out, uh, we talked about singer having a perfect game going on. Um, 
<laughs> you might have heard us towards the end talk about how the Mariners scored some runs. Bill and I stayed on chat while we were uh, watching the game, and we had we had it in our hands on Monday, and it went away. Um, Royals were able in the ninth inning to score two runs to um, <clears throat> take a seven-six victory. If I will correct me if I'm wrong, the last run came on us. A sacrifice bunt, a squeeze play. Pretty, pretty sure it did. Um, I, I, I remember us hopping off chat, both angry, both very angry. <laughs> um, but uh, it was a, it was an interesting game. You know, Singer taking that, uh, that perfect game uh, into I think it was the sixth. I think it was the sixth. But the Mariners only had you know scored six runs, but only had seven hits the whole game. Um, and it, it was kind of, a anemic offensive performance, even though we scored six runs. Anemic. Yeah. Anemic offensive performance. Um, uh, a frustrating game at points. Um, and it really was kind of a precursor to what the rest of the series was going to kind of be like in terms of just, uh, yeah. Making your heart race and, um, yeah. Pushing the game really close to, to yeah, putting putting the game really close, I would say. So yeah, this was uh this was an odd game. And uh it kinda looked like the Mariners of old, I think, to start the game off with on the offensive side of things, and then like I said, kinda popped back up again there in the uh yeah, I think it was the top of the ninth and a couple other places there. But um yeah, uh very uh very up and down game is the easiest way to put it. So um but uh, I thought that this was uh, this was kind of a little bit of a precursor also to uh, to what we would get out of Julio the rest of the series as well. So, um, yeah, it was frustrating to lose, though, just given that, you know, you don't get a whole lot of come from behind victories. Right. You don't get a whole lot of times where you're able to kind of, I think, surge back like that. And uh, yeah, we were just we had it and we lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's funny that you. uh brought up this was kind of a precursor because after the series was all done and we're going to get the Mariners ended up taking the series three, one, and we're going to get to the rest of the games. But I think it was Divish Ryan Divish from the Seattle times tweeted. If the Mariners make the playoffs or, you know, heaven forbid they make the world series, they're going to look back and say there probably wasn't a tougher series than against the 110 loss bound Kansas city Royals because it went both ways. Mariners got down, they battled back. But then the Mariners would get up and suddenly the Royals were battling back. And it just was like a heavyweight boxing match for four games, back and forth the whole time. I know the announcers kept saying it was an exciting weekend of or week of baseball because it really was. Uh, it was a head-scratcher that it happened against Kansas City, whose bullpen is atrocious. But, um, you know, it just sometimes that's how baseball is. You know, we can go into the Angels, uh, Anaheim Angels Stadium and shut them out and, or not shut them out, but sweep them four games. But then we go into Kansas City and we're having trouble. It just seems like that's a completely Mariners thing to do. So um, you brought up Julio. Uh, good start to the series in this game. Went two for five, had four RBIs. Um, let's see. Had had a double. 
um, you know, just just getting people around and uh, and scoring them when Julio was up. It was good to see. Uh, elsewhere in the offense, Gino went one for four. Canzone went one for four. Uh, Ford went one for three, and Josh Rojas uh, went two for four. Josh Rojas is looking a little bit more comfortable um, in the Mariners uniform. He had a couple of hits in Monday's game. If I memory serves correct, he had his first home run as a Mariner in Tuesday's game off Jordan Lyles. So, um, you know, I, I, I do want to kind of shout out Josh Rojas for at least the first two games, um, looking a little bit more comfortable out there. And, and you know, um, who knows? Who knows what we have with him with right now? But uh, happy to see he's kind of bringing it around. Yeah, agreed. No, um, his Mariner career is off to a better start than Colton Wong. Let's put it that way. So um, things are looking there for for Mr. Rojas. So um, good on that front. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but I think it you know it kind of was the the Mariners of old. It seemed like in the first couple innings. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, really had a hard time. I didn't get anything going. Um, and. I don't know. This is just the, this is just an odd game. I don't know if it's just cause we were chatting and we were on podcasting at the time it was, but um, yeah, I think the, if you want to transition, I don't know if you have anything else on the offense, but um, I think the, the, the only thing, the only thing else I have before we move on five for seven, again, a very weird game five for seven with runners in scoring position. That is a heck of a batting average with runners in scoring position. And we only left on six cause we were, we, couldn't get on, and then we got on and started scoring people. Right. So very, very odd game offensively. You don't often see six runs get scored on seven hits. <laughs> you don't often see a perfect game get thrown for half the game, and then the, you take the lead in the ninth. You really, well, and then really I think, and I think Bobby Witt Jr. hit a. I think he had an inside the park home run in this game too, right? Like it was right over over Tay Oscar's head. Like that was, that's Mm -hmm. always, uh, that's like an odd thing to see. Um, Isaiah Campbell, I think walked in a run in this game. Um, So yeah, this was a kind of a funky game for the most part. Um, uh, But uh, yeah, then yeah, I was, uh, I think the, the real down part of this one for me felt like, Felt like the Matt Brash stuff at the end. I just didn't think Matt Brash just, uh, um, I don't know. I I think after this game, I think Mariner nation country, whatever else was like very, I guess with some of the struggles we've had from Menunos, right. A couple of this and then the Menunos next outing that after this game too, I was like, I mean, it just feels like we're just kind of missing Paul Seawald right now. And it kind of felt like that same way in this game. I kind of thought anyways. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what I I give it to Brash because he was interviewed after the game, and he was very much like, "Yeah, this was on me. I need to go out and pitch better," you know, and he owned up to it. Uh, came out, I think in game was it game three or game four, did give up a run, but was able to close down the game later on this series. But you know, he picked up the blown save and the loss in this game. Only pitched a third of an inning, couldn't get anyone out. They scored two runs off of three hits. I mean, just not not a good end to the game after taking the lead in the ninth. Um, not the best Logan Gilbert start. Um, he only went four and a third. Gave up seven hits, four runs. All four earned. Had two walks. Gave up two home runs, one of which 
was an inside the parker. So can we really count that? Well, well then the pitch that Salvador Perez hit was like, was the, it was a splitter and it was like almost like the bottom end of the zone that I just don't know how Salvador Perez put that out of the ballpark. But um, yeah, still, yeah. Uh, still not uh, not Logan's best day on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Saucedo looked uh, all right in the game. He did give up a run on two hits uh, in a one and a third. Uh, Campbell came in, uh, didn't give up any runs, had given up two hits and a walk, had a K and one and a third. And then Topa went an inning, had two Ks. Um, Topa's looking really good. You know, I, I don't think, uh, you know, I think we're going to be missing Seawald, but maybe we start looking at Topa later in games. You know, maybe push him out in the night, see what happens. You know, could be an experiment. Um, but uh, I really like what I'm seeing from Topa um, at this juncture. You know, I, we've been talking him up. We've been talking to him and Spire up a lot, but I think Topa um, probably has what it takes to, to close some games. So, yeah, agreed. No, I think he's he's probably going to get some opportunity, I would think, at some point. And it seems like we've been throwing Matt Brash and Munoz out there a lot lately. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and, you know, Munoz, I think, threw his career high in pitches and most recent outing. Hopefully, we don't have that you know, kind of going forward, but I think you're, I think you're spot on there. I would think that Topa might get an opportunity here or there in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed this bill. Um, I, I certainly noticed it in game two or game three because he was behind the plate, but our old friend, Angel Hernandez was, was an umpire in this series. Uh, game one, he was at second base, but, uh, Yeah. I didn't like seeing him this uh, this uh, go around, even though even though he got the the run that would end up being the game winning run in game two, was it game two or game three, whatever he was behind the plate, he got that call right, which I was very surprised. Yeah, I didn't even notice it was Angel until that happened there, and then I was like, Angel, good to see you, nice to see you. He was yeah. Some someone had mentioned that he was. Uh, in the minor leagues rehabbing and i'm like umpires go on rehab assignments what what is going on and i didn't want to believe it but here he is umping in the mariners royals series so um uh <laughs> i the one last thing i want to mention before we move on to game two bobby went you know had that inside the park home run he went four for five on the day um you know as much as we say Julio's game was kind of a precursor to what we saw the rest of the series. What we saw out of Bobby Witt in game one was a lot of what we saw the rest of the series as well. Um, uh, Bobby Witt was a, was a modern day Mariner killer. This, uh, this go around and uh, you know, very, very much interesting to watch him and, and kind of fun to see him. You know, I, I kind of hope, you know, when they're not playing the Mariners, they win some ball games because I would like to see Bobby Witt be on an actual winning team. <laughs> but uh, Royals are are still pretty far off from that. So um, moving on to game two, uh, <laughs> like we said, heavyweight uh, boxing match back and forth, back and forth. And uh, the Mariners took a 10-8 victory here, uh, took them 10 innings to get the 10-8 victory. But uh, we thought 
we thought that the uh, Mariners were going down again. They gave up three runs in the ninth. Um, like you said, Munoz at his longest outing of the season. Uh, but with the Mariners being able to get out of the ninth inning tied, able to score a couple runs in the 10th and take the 10-8 victory. Munoz ended up picking up the win. Um, you know, Saucedo ended up getting his first save of the season. Um, so good on, on Saucedo. Um, you know, Hancock uh, started the game, Emerson Hancock. He went five innings, nine hits, uh, did give up five runs, uh, only struck out one, had given up one home run, and that one home run was to Bobby Witt. Surprising. <laughs> um, so not Hancock's best outing, but, um, you know, after Hancock came out, Spire came in. And the Mariners had the lead, so Spire came in, um, got a hold, his 12th hold of the season, pitched to any of the third, only gave up two hits. Dopa came in, got his 18th hold of the season, gave up two hits in an inning, but also struck out two. Um, and then, like we said, Munoz kind of um, <clears throat> was the culprit at the end there, went in an inning two-thirds, and maybe, you know, was, you know, Scott keeping him out there too long, but, um, you know, he did give up three runs. Surprisingly, none of them earned, so it didn't count against his earned run average. And then uh, Sacedo picked up the save. So very, very odd game pitching-wise. Yeah, very, very odd game. And, um, yeah, I was thinking on that earned run run stuff. I don't know why it's mis- – I don't know. It's messing with my head. But, yeah, there was an error to start off the inning, right? But then, yeah, I mean, Munoz had a couple walks after that and obviously got some hits. But, uh, anyways, um, yeah, no um, – uh, an interesting game, a, a fun game from an offensive standpoint. And it's good to see, you know, anytime your team can score 10 runs, especially as the Mariners, as we know that they've had their offensive struggles, it's good to see. And uh, I think we're kind of seeing guys get, I don't know, hopefully the Teoscar went five for five in this game. And um, hopefully that is kind of picking him up a little bit. I kind of feel like as this team's really kind of come alive over the last month, Teoscar has been somewhat absent from that offensive surge. I would say he's had, he's had parts and been parts of it here and there, but he hasn't really been, um, I think picking it up as much as the rest of the offense. So it was really good to see that in this game from him. Um, but yeah, that fourth inning where we had, you know, four home runs, right. Was, uh, was a, was an impressive stretch for the Mariners. I would say to say the least. Probably the most impressive stretch in a single inning all season. You know, they ended up scoring seven runs in the fourth. Um, you know, like you said, four home runs. Gino got it started with the 17th home run of the season. Ty France hit one, I think, right after. Yes, it was. His 10th home run of the season, he finally hit double digits. Um, Teo, two batters after France, or one batter after France, because Cal, um, I think Cal got on on a walk. Then Teo hit a home run, and then Josh Rojas, um, you know, later on in the inning, hit a home run, his first home run as a Mariner. So, um, you know, just good, good offensive output for that. And, and really, you know, they showed up early in the game and then they came in late and, and helped, uh, help the Mariners pick up the 10, eight victory. Um, you know, just looking at the stats here, Julio, this was his only down game of the series. Went one for five. He'd strike out a couple times. Uh, Gino went one for five, Ty France four for six, Teo five for five, uh, Caballero went two for four, Josh Rojas one for four, 
Um, Gabiero, France, Teo, Josh, Rojas, and Gino all picked up RBIs. Um, let's see. Team runners in scoring position, 4 for 15. Left on base, 10. Um, I forgot to mention last game, Julio picked up his 28th stolen base of the season. In this game, Tuesday's game, Caballero picked up his 21st stolen base of the season. Um, a lot of good and bad from Caballero in this series, running the bases because he did pick up a steal here and there, but he also got picked off once and almost twice in uh, almost the second time in Thursday's game. So he's getting a little bit aggressive. And yeah, that was kind of the game. Uh, Mariners win 10-8 on 14 hits, you know, so... Um, Good to see uh, kind of an off- offensive slugfest in Tuesday's game. You got anything else, Bo, before we uh, move on to the next one? Um, I don't – well, I think maybe just a note on kind of Emerson Hancock, right? Um, you know, was pretty fastball heavy in this game. Um, you know, did kind of show us, I think, four different pitches in this one. Um, <clears throat> did it, and I think, only, I think he only ended up having – was it the one strikeout in this game? Yep. Um, so we'll kind of, you know, I think we'll, I don't want to say we'll have to temper our expectations, right? I think we've been really spoiled with, you know, Brian Wu and the performance we've gotten out of Bryce Miller. But, um, you know, I think Emerson Hancock, you know, might just kind of be this, you know, I think solid, you know, decent starting pitcher for us that doesn't have, you know, maybe lights out stuff that you might get from a lights out fastball like Bryce Miller or some of the other off speed stuff that Brian Wu has. So, think it's just something to watch forward going with him right um and uh you know i think if if he's able to kind of you know i think prevent i think the big hit like he did in this one with bobby witt um you know we're talking about maybe giving only up a couple runs in this one but um you know certainly i think he's still progressing just like the other guys in the rotation and uh we'll see what the next start kind of has for him yep yep going on to wednesday's game um uh, Mariners ended up picking up the 6-5 victory. Uh, the matchup was, well, Bo has it as Luis Castillo versus Alec Marsh. And Alec Marsh did come in for five innings, but he did not start the game. It was an opener situation. Uh, what was this guy's name? Kevin MacArthur? Is it Kevin? James MacArthur. James MacArthur, reliever for the Royals, started the game for them. Uh, didn't start off great as he uh, only pitched an inning. Gave up three hits, three runs, all three of them earned. Um, his ERA right now is sitting about 15. But a uh, very good start to the game. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Cal Raleigh ended up picking up a home run in the first inning, his 21st of the season. Um, if I'm right, if I'm not mistaken, that was a two-run home run. And then I think Julio was on, and he ended up scoring um, to get the, the game started after a double his 28th double of the season. So uh, very hot start for the Mariners in this game offensively jumped out to a four, three lead after three um, Royals tied it up in the sixth and the Mariners came back in the eighth and ninth and picked up the, um, what would end up being probably the game, the game winning run, but they ended up picking an insurance run up in the ninth. And that was good because Kansas city scored in the ninth. Scored a run in the ninth. Um, but offensively, 12 hits, not a bad game. Like you said uh, previously, Bo, Julio went four for six, and uh, he was kind of the catalyst for everything 
offense in this game. Yep. Um, you know, Bobby Witt and Julio go and toast toe in this one for uh, who did the most damage. So, um, yeah, Julio just kind of continues to be. Yeah, this is what this is what we've wanted, right? We've wanted Julio to be the guy at the top of the lineup that kind of sets the pace for everybody, right? We want him to be uh, Nakunya, right? We want him to be uh, Tatis in a lot of ways, right? Like we want him to be the guy that, um, you know, really kind of sets the tone for the offense. And he did it in this one. He continued to do it the whole entire series. It was, it was the J Rod show the whole entire time. Right. So uh, just good to see overall. And then, um, yeah, you couple that with just uh, good offensive performances that we're getting out of Cal Raleigh and Ty France and just the rest of the offense in this one. Um, I think Cal Raleigh, he, he was getting close to the AL home run lead for catchers in this one. And I think he ended up hitting it or surpassing it in the next game. But um, yeah, I think that's five. That was, that was four home runs in this game, or four home runs in the month of August. So like just a continuation for him as well. So um, mm-hmm. all to say, good offensive performance continuing it Julio starting it um I think is uh, is key to kind of keeping us I think driving forward anyways yep yep the big contributors here obviously we we talked a lot about Julio talked about Cal Raleigh um Caballero had a multi-hit game three for five um again I think this was the game you get picked off yes he got picked off in this game so he had a stolen base in this uh, sec- 22nd stolen base in this game, but later on in the game he ended up getting picked off um, a first base. Uh, Julio had two stolen bases in this, in this game, so he's at 30 for the season. Um, and if I memory serves correct, he hits a home run on Thursday's game, so he has a 2020 season. Um, I can't remember only the second or third person to do that. Uh, 2020 season their first two seasons as a major leaguer i can't remember the stat on that um and then dylan moore honestly or obviously or not obviously but dylan moore also had a stolen base um you know his third stolen base of the season team runners in scoring position four for 15 left 13 on so they were getting a lot of people on just really having trouble bringing them around so that was kind of the offense in this game uh pitching wise um you know you put in here that the Royals did fairly well, well against Castillo, but his main goal was to go seven innings in this game, and he did. He went seven innings, did give up nine hits, four runs, um, and only struck out three, but, um, you know, really needed to save some arms in that bullpen, especially with a quick turnaround in Thursday's game being a more uh, a morning game, essentially, for them. And, uh, you know, Castillo did get get hit a lot, but he did what ultimately what needed to be done and went seven runs hitting so yeah very uh um yeah very uh productive outing from Luis. i would say right like just kind of what the team needed like he did i feel like he didn't probably try as hard like he didn't have many whiffs in this game um velocity was a little down in this one like um but that's kind of what the team absolutely what the team needed with the bullpen being taxed and yeah, Luis just kind of seems like the guy that, um, you know, whatever we need from him, he's going to deliver on it in some way, hopefully for us. Right. And uh, the name, the nickname La Piedra, the rock was uh, very befitting of this day. Right. Like just we needed him to be consistent and just get us to, you know, the eighth inning right to get over to the bullpen. So 
Um, what can you say? What else can you say about him? Right. Still, I think was fairly productive, you know, gave a couple runs, but um, still struck out a couple and uh, yeah, just continues to be this literally that the rock and the Mariners rotation. Yep. 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 Uh, Gabe Spire came on in the eighth, picked up his 13th total of the season, went an inning, uh, did have a walk, which is only his sixth walk of the season. Um, I didn't know that until the Mariners pointed that out. So again, Spire's having a great season. Um, did strike out one. And then Matt Brash, as you so eloquently put in the notes here, Bo, had a very Paul Seawald-ish type close. Um, you know, did, uh, did end up getting the save. Um, but had to make it interesting. Gave up a home run. Um, let's see. The home run came off of Nelson Velasquez's bat, which is uh, you know not something you want to hear. But um, ended up buckling down afterwards and uh, picking up the save. Ended up, ended up getting a K um, later on. But that was his third save of the season. So uh, not quite what we want to see out of Matt Brash again. Kind of not what we wanted to see in this uh series from him but um you know he he i wouldn't say he got lucky but he did his job and ended up closing down the game uh wednesday night yeah what i'll what i'll say about matt brash is it's like uh i do feel like some of the command is relatively okay meaning that like i i haven't seen a lot like he only threw 13 pitches in this one right like um I don't, I don't think he walked anybody in the, in the start on Monday either. Like I, I do feel like his, his walking, giving up free base runners is not as big of a concern as it had been some, at some points earlier on in the season. So I think that is a kind of point in Matt Brash's favor. So, uh, you know, the, the ones like Monday are just going to happen. The one, the home run like this one happened to Paul Sewald numerous times. It feels like throughout Paul's career. So, um, Yo, hopefully this is uh you know hopefully Matt Brash can kind of work on tweak some things here and there and you know it'll be a good good save option good closer option for us on nights that Menunos can't really uh can't really do it so um yeah still happy to see I guess the command side of it seems to be um good for Matt Brash and um you know isn't I think giving up a lot of free base runners so positive side there yeah yeah <clears throat> moving on to Thursday's game. Uh, like I said, Wednesday was a night game. Mariners turned around and had to play a morning game. Um, I call it morning because it was 11 o'clock Pacific time, 12, like 12 o'clock my time. Very early game. Um, and the Mariners were able to pull out a 6-4 victory. Um, <clears throat> J-Rod show in this again. He went 5-5, five for five, had five RBIs, um, pushed his average up to just north of 270, or just south of 270. It's sitting about 269. Um, and he was kind of the offense. Um, he he had all five RBIs, or excuse me, five of the six RBIs. Cal Raleigh ended up getting an RBI off a pinch hit home run in the, let's see, the ninth inning. Um, but he was, what else is there to say? It was the J-Rod show. Yeah, 100%. And uh, yeah, he's just, he's, um, you know, some of these plays were going to be tough to get him anyways, but he's beating out plays. He's, uh, you know, beating out throws that is and hitting the ball just incredibly hard and, um, you know, putting good swings on the ball. Um, and at certain points it doesn't look like he's actually trying to do too much, right? Like think he had, was it three singles in this one, a lot of singles in this series. So like he's, you know, when he's getting the right pitch, he's taking it out of the ballpark, just like he did 
in this one, but he's also just doing some of the small things really well, right? Like um, putting the ball in play and just running as far as he can to first base, right? Like some of that stuff goes a long, long ways to help winning ball games, like it did in this one. And uh, yeah, he's just being a complete hitter right now. Um, elsewhere in the offense, I mean, there wasn't much going on. Tail one for five, Dylan Moore one for three. Um, Caballero, Cade Marlowe went two for three. Looked good. Um, coming up with some hits there. Um, but yeah, that was the offense. Uh, three for 11 with runners in scoring position. 10 left on base. Brian O'Keefe, um, he did go over four, did ground into a double play. So, um, you know, get those first game jitters out and, Come back and get at him the next time you're out there. Um, Kate Marlowe had his third stolen base. Julio did get caught stealing. And Julio was also picked off. So really, really not great base running this series. Um, if you're looking at the stats, um, that's kind of been the Mariners' kryptonite throughout the season. But yeah, I mean, there's not much else to talk about in the offense. Um, Pitching-wise, uh, not, the, not the greatest Kirby start, but... Um, I would say a lot of that attributed to the sixth inning, um, you know, started off with an error by Caballero, um, a lot of strikes over the plate, but they were just poking the ball, um, where, you know, people weren't and ended up scoring three runs in that sixth inning. And so, uh, the Mariners had to battle back a little bit and offensively they were able to do that, but, um, you know, just. Uh, coming off the last start that Kirby had, he kind of kind of came back to earth in this one. Um, you know, I thought he had a good good chance to not give up any runs and potentially pitch to towards the next or another shutout, but just wasn't the case today with the Royals playing the way they did. Not just in this game, but kind of the whole series. Yeah, no, agreed, and um, I think for you know the the good thing for the pitching side on this series was that the offense seemed to be clicking and was in sync for most of it. Right. So, um, was able to help, I think, bail out the pitching and, uh, you know, I think the, um, the big point going, going forward, right. Is that the Mariners pitching has always been the most consistent part of us. So I, you know, I would think that we would go back to, you know, maybe a couple better outings from Gilbert and Kirby and even Luis, I think going forward. So, um, you know, the offense, I think just did the job and, you help the help the belt the pitching at certain points in this one. So, yep, yep. Um, after Kirby, he he gave up the only four runs um in the game. Campbell came in, pitched an inning, did give up a hit, had a strikeout. He ended up picking the win up, uh, his third win of the season. Uh, Trent Thornton came in in the eighth, pitched the eighth. Um, didn't give up a hit, didn't give up a walk, didn't give up any runs. Looked fairly good. It was a fairly quick eighth as well. Um. If I can't remember, let's see. He pitched 10 pitches in the eighth. Isaiah Campbell pitched 10 pitches in the seventh, so pretty efficient. And then uh, Matt Brash coming in with a eight-pitch save. You know, struck someone out, didn't give up any hits. This is the Matt Brash we want to see. And uh, that led to a, a 6-4 victory and a 3-1 series win. So Mariners were able to, you know, uh, outlast, I'm, I'm going to say outlast here, was able to, able to outpunch the Royals in this series and pick up the series win. And uh, definitely a series win that they needed because if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, I think we're now a half game out of the wild card position. It's either a half game or a game and a half. Um, I know 
I know we were getting close to tying. Uh, yeah, no, I believe it to be a half game now. Um, and um, so, I mean, that puts all the more pressure on the upcoming series with the Astros. But yes, half a game. And uh, I, think our, I think our run differential has now surpassed the Blue Jays from this series. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, the expected win rate that we would have right now looks pretty good. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're right on their heels. So we're getting close. We're, we're right on their heels. We're right on Houston seals. He's Houston has 70 wins now, but, um, you know, this is a big series coming up because it can bring us within one game of Houston. You know, it could, it could mean not only jump in Toronto, um, for that wild card position, but if we were to sweep the, the Astros, we could be looking at the second wild card position here. So. Second wildcard position. Yeah. And I think, you know, the big thing is, is the, I've, this has been the best year for Mariner baseball to play the Astros, right? We're five and two against them this year. And I feel like they've, we played some of our best baseball against Houston this year. So I think there's a real opportunity, like you said, to, I think, make some advancements here. Yep. Yep. And it's going to be, it's going to be a fun series. Just looking at the pitching matchups Friday, we've got two young guns. We got Bryce Miller going against JP France. Um, definitely a winnable ball game. Um, Saturday is going to be a tough one. Logan Gilbert versus Framber Valdez. Framber had a no hitter. Uh, was it two weeks ago? Um, definitely the ace of the Astros staff. And then Sunday, um, I, I, I think it's a winnable game. You know, I, I want to see Hancock come out and really, really shove Emerson Hancock versus Hunter Brown. Um, would would you say this is the biggest series series of the year so far? Um, uh, I would probably, I would. It, it's certainly of when it comes down to like AL West considerations. Certainly the biggest series I think thus far. Um, and uh, it's gonna be a tough one to win, right? They're uh, they're in Houston, but we've done again. We've done relatively well against them this year, and uh, yeah, I'm just gonna hope we can kind of continue that continue that uh i don't know the offense stays hot we get better performances from i think logan and you know maybe emerson in this one and then you know bryce is relatively okay but um yeah this is uh this is a huge series right and if we were able to get two out of three from this one that is a um you know a massive win i would say so um two out of three and you know hopefully we can get the um who are the blue jays do we know who the blue jays are playing over the next week or so i can't remember the next couple days i, I will i will look that but, up right um, now Maybe. Uh, they're playing the Reds, so hopefully we can get a little support from the Reds over the next couple of days. And um, I, yeah, I hope so yeah. too. So it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a, it's going to be a must must uh, must watch if you're a Mariners fan. Um, you know, it's it's going to be fun. So which uh, which pitching matchup are you looking forward to, Bo? Uh, definitely Logan Gilbert and Framber. Yeah, definitely the one I'm watching the most. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, Framber. We can hate the Astros all we want, but man, for Amber, for Amber looks good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, all right, Bo, we're almost out of here, but let's turn it to a little prospect corner. Um, you know what? I like when you do relievers. And I'm reading your thing here. I think I'm going to like what you're going to say. So, Bo, take it away. Sure thing. So today we're going to talk about uh, Tyler Cleveland. Um like I said, I'm a sucker for guys that are drafted a little bit later that end up like they seem like they are breaking out or they're, you know, having a really good season. And Tyler Cleveland was a 14th round pick. 
um, in 2022. And um, he's having, he's putting together a pretty good year in Modesto. Um, and especially over the last uh, two months, he's had a really good season. This so really good. I would say the last two months since the start of June, he's had a 265 ERA, 54Ks with only nine walks over 68 innings since the month of June. Um, he's really kind of putting together a, very solid performance um, thus far. Left-hander um, in Modesto. Um, he kind of has a submarine kind of um, funky delivery. Um, and he is, he is pitching as a, he is pitching as a starter, right? So he is pitching as a starter, but um, I think a lot of the projections for him, you know, Eric Longenhangen from Fangraphs really thinks that he's probably going to end up being a, a relief type pitcher. Um, you know, if you're familiar with like Sergio Romo or Darren O'Day, some of those guys, some of those kind of bullpen arms, um, he's a little, he's projected, I think, to be kind of in that mold of sorts, right. As he kind of advances through, uh, through the minors. Um, but, uh, we'll see right now still, you know, is very much a starting pitcher through seven innings at his last start through seven innings at his last start before that too. So, um, we'll kind of see how the Mariners maybe want to use him in the future, but, uh, submarine starter, um, you know, likely going to be a reliever in the future and uh yeah could be an option for the mariners um you know maybe not certainly not this year but maybe next year sometime in there i see you put sergio romo and darren o'day type track yep but i think you meant to put chad bradford. chad bradford yeah there you go famed ace pitcher there you go famed ace side armor <laughs> so um yeah be interesting to see how tyler cleveland progresses and you never know. He could be an, another big cog in the uh, Mariners uh, Mariners bullpen in a couple of years. So, oh, with that being said, Bo, are you uh, you ready to get out of here? You got anything else you gonna um, want to get out? We'll here? tease your brain here for a minute. Let's just do it this way. Let's do it this way. So, uh, we'll we'll give you a, we'll give you a little trivia question here to end the night off. Night, not little nightcap. Um, Julio Rodriguez hit his twentieth home run. Julio Rodriguez also stole his 30th base in the series um, for a 2030 season. Um, there are only three other Mariners that have done that before. Do you know who those uh, three Mariners are? Uh, Ken Griffey. Incorrect. What? Shh. Shh. Uh, okay. Did, did, are you knocking me because I didn't say King Griffey Jr.? Um, I am not knocking you. King Griffey Jr. never stole 30 bases before. No, never stole 30 bases. Oh, yeah. interesting. Three other Mariners did, though. That's surprising. Uh, shoot, I don't... Ooh, I don't know. This is a tough one. Uh, Mike Cameron... Mike Cameron. Mike Cameron actually did it twice. Mike Cameron did it in 20, 2001 and two thousand two. So he's. Yeah. So I only have one more. I said three. I said or, three Mariners. Three. Three, three so people. Like there's two three, of them. There's two. There's two okay. more to go. Yes. Uh, one of these people is the only is the only forty forty home forty forty season in Mariner history. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, shoot. I'm going to hate myself for not remembering the only 
Yeah, I'm stumped. You stumped me. Hit me with Mr. it. Mr. Alex Rodriguez. Nice. God, okay. Yes. Of course it was Rodriguez. And the last one's really difficult. I'll just give it to you, but it is Rupert Jones in 1979, hit 21 home runs and stole 33 bases. So, Rupert Jones. Rupert Jones. Such a great name. That's such a great baseball name. Very good. Very Rupert good. Jones. Very good baseball name. Very good baseball name. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get out of here. Thank you for the trivia question. There, Anytime. Though. For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.